0: Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bwery, and as always, I'm with a fan of randomness, Dr. Lucy Jones. We thank our individual supporters who help underwrite the work of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Would you consider supporting this podcast for as little as $5 per month? because your support enables us to serve even more communities. Simply go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Dr. Lucy Jones. And now let's get to it. Today, we're starting a three-part series on randomness, and we're starting with the randomness of earthquakes. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Our second part will focus on the evolution of the ideas about randomness. And in the third and final part, we'll discuss how this relates to our current state as we enter the third year of the COVID-19 pandemic and how randomness affects the way we're able to get through it. For now, though, let's get back to shaking. We've talked before about how earthquakes are not predictable at this point and may never be, but let's get back to build a foundation to this. What is randomness and how would you describe it, Lucy?
1: Randomness, as defined in current scientific activities, is a memoryless distribution. It means that what came before doesn't affect what's coming in the future. Think of flipping a coin or throwing the dice. As long as they're not weighted, you can't predict what the next one will be. And the fact that you just rolled a four doesn't mean you can or will have to have a four on your next roll. The last roll doesn't matter.
0: So nothing that came before matters. It's a clean slate every time. Exactly. But that doesn't make much sense. We know that earthquakes happen at plate boundaries driven by forces. Shouldn't history matter? And why can't a fault really be overdue?
1: Seismologists went and looked at earthquakes with the same sense. There needs to be a cause. We're scientists. We ask why. And that if earthquakes are happening because we push on the fault until it breaks, how long we've been pushing really should matter. But when we looked, we didn't find it. And this raises a really important question that always comes up whenever you see random statistics in science. Are you looking at something that's truly random or are you looking at something that's so complicated that these complications have obscured the actual pattern and you're using the statistics because you just don't know what the physics is as opposed to it being truly random?
0: When you're looking at it, you don't really know which one it is.
1: Well, right. And that's what we're trying to understand as we go through this. The physicist in me says that the appearance of randomness in earthquakes should be an obscuring of some fundamental physical facts. If the history mattered, we should be seeing something that mathematicians call a Gaussian distribution. That means there's some most common time for the event. We say the fault averages 100 years between earthquakes. The most likely time for it should be 100 years after the last earthquake, with some that happened early and some that happened late. We do not see this. Well, no, we don't really have enough data to be sure, but whenever we do get enough data, it doesn't really look like a Gaussian distribution. It looks more like what's called a Poissonian distribution. This is what you get when every year has the same probability of having the earthquake. So that it's like the 100-year flood. It isn't that it has to happen in 100 years, but every year has a one in 100 chance. You can see why that's true of floods. It becomes surprising when it's true of earthquakes.
0: Okay, I understand why the 100-year flood is random, why floods are random, because clouds aren't sitting there, hovering over us, collecting moisture over the decades until they burst. But why are earthquakes random since they are building stress over time until it's some breaking point?
1: If we were pushing on the fault until the whole fault breaks, we would see time mattering more. But we know that isn't the case. If the whole fault were reaching failure, the stress would be high, and the friction across the fault would produce heat enough to be melting the fault. We can measure the amount of heat coming out of a fault, and that tells us that the earthquakes are happening way below the stress we would see in a laboratory to make the fault break. Our current model is that the failure stress is reached just someplace on the fault, maybe a really tiny little asperity, but once the fault starts moving, the dynamic stress needed to keep it moving is much lower than the static stress that had been needed to get it to start moving. This means the time of the earthquake is determined by the distribution of all the little irregularities on the fault, and when one of them reaches failure. This really could be a random distribution.
0: Now, we're seeing more and more people looking into machine learning or artificial intelligence AI to crunch the numbers to reveal a pattern that humans haven't been able to find without these technologies. It seems like there are copies and theories every year popping up around this. What makes these ideas viable or not?
1: If there is an underlying physics that's being obscured by all the noise and the complications, if there really is a reason for why an irregular surface has whatever distribution it has, machine learning might help us find it. But if the distribution is truly random, these experiments are going to come up empty. We need to do them to learn. But my guess would be that they're going to find that it's truly a random distribution. However much our scientific desire for causality, for answering the question why, gets upset by this turn of events.
0: So as people consider predictions in general, and even the allure of AI-generated system of prediction, we have to consider the fact that randomness does happen. Just like flipping a coin a hundred times in a row could be heads. Every time you flip it, you have a 50-50 chance. So finding the pattern for exactly when a big earthquake will happen and where, we might just have to accept that it's truly random.
1: Which means that when you see some passing news story or Facebook post saying that earthquakes are more likely during lunar eclipses, for what I saw this week, you need to remember that we may want it to be true because we really don't like it being random, but that desire doesn't make it true.
0: And we'll talk about that desire to make things true in our next episode, as we look at how humans over the years have understood and dealt with randomness. Until then, I'm John Buary with Dr. Lucy Jones and you, Getting Through It. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee, and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones.